Section eleven of the Romance of Modern Mechanism. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Romance of Modern Mechanism by Archibald Williams. Chapter nine The Motorcycle. In eighteen eighty four, the Count de Dion, working in partnership with Messrs. Bouton and Trepardu, produced a practical steam tricycle. Two years later appeared a somewhat similar vehicle by the same makers, which attained the remarkable speed of forty miles an hour. Monsieur Serpolet, now famous for his steam cars, built at about the same time a three-wheeled steam tricycle which also proved successful but the continuous stoking of the miniature boilers and the difficulty of keeping them properly supplied with water prevented the steam-driven cycle from becoming popular and when the petrol motor had proved its value on heavy vehicles inventors soon saw that the explosion engine was very much better suited for a light automobile than had been the cumbrous fittings inseparable from the employment of steam by eighteen ninety five a neat petrol tricycle was on the market and after the dd on machines had given proof in races of their capabilities they at once sprang into popular favour for the next five years the motor tricycle was a common sight in france where the excellent roads and the freedom from the restrictions prevailing on the other side of the channel recommended it to cyclists who wished for a more speedy method of locomotion than unaided legs could give yet could not afford to purchase a car the motor bicycle soon appeared in the field the earlier types of the two-wheeled motor were naturally clumsy and inefficient the need of a lamp constantly burning to ignite the charges in the cylinder proved a much greater nuisance on the bicycle than on the tricycle which carried its driving gear behind the saddle the writer well remembers trying an early pattern of the Werner motor bicycle in the Champs Elysees in eighteen ninety seven, and his alarm when the owner, while starting the blow lamp on the steering pillar, was suddenly enveloped in flames, which played havoc with his hair and might easily have caused more serious injuries riders were naturally nervous at carrying a flame near the handlebars so close to a tank of inflammable petrol liable to leak and catch fire the advent of electrical ignition for the gaseous charges opened the way for great improvements and the motor bicycle slowly but surely ousted its heavier three-wheeled rival designs were altered the engine was placed in or below the frame instead of over the front wheel and made to drive the back wheel by means of a leather belt in the earliest types the motive force had either been transmitted by belt to the front wheel 
or directly to the rear wheel by the piston rods working cranks on its spindle the progress of the motor bicycle has since nineteen hundred been rapid and many thousands of machines are now in use the fact that the engines must necessarily be very small compels all possible saving in weight and an ability to run continuously at very high speeds without showing serious wear and tear details have therefore been perfected and though at the present day no motor cyclist of wide experience can claim immunity from trouble with his speedy little mount a really well-designed and well-built machine proves wonderfully efficient and opens possibilities of locomotion to the man of moderate means which were beyond the reach of the rider of a pedal-driven bicycle in its way the motorcycle may claim to be one of the most marvellous products of human mechanical skill weight has been reduced until a power equal to that of three horses can be harnessed to a vehicle which when stored with sufficient petrol and electricity to carry it and rider one hundred and fifty miles scales about a hundred weight it will pursue its even course up and down hill at an average of twenty or more miles an hour the only attention it requires being an occasional charge of oil squirted into the airtight case in which the crank and flywheels revolve the consumption of fuel is ridiculously small since an economical engine will cover fifteen miles on a pint of spirit which costs about three halfpence practically all motorcycle engines work on the autocycle principle motors which give an impulse every revolution by compressing the charge in the crankcase or in a separate cylinder so that it may enter the working cylinder under pressure have been tried but hitherto with but moderate success there is however a growing tendency to compass an explosion every revolution by fitting two cylinders and from time to time four-cylindered cycles have appeared the disadvantages attending the care and adjustment of so many moving parts has been the cause of four-cylindered cycle motors being unsuccessful from a commercial standpoint though riders who are prepared to risk extra trouble and expense may find compensation in the quiet vibrationless drive of a motor which gives two impulses for every turn of the flywheel the acme of lightness in proportion to power developed has been attained by the barry engine in which the cylinders and their attachments are made to revolve about a fixed crank and perform themselves the function of a flywheel so great is the saving of weight that the makers claim a horsepower for every four pounds scaled by their engines thus a three and a half horsepower motor would only just tip the beam against one stone 
as the writer has personally inspected a barry engine he is able to give a brief account of its action it has two cylinders arranged to face one another on opposite sides of a central airtight crankcase the inner end of each cylinder opening into the case both pistons advance towards and recede from the centre of the case simultaneously the air gas mixture is admitted into the crankcase through a hole in the fixed crank spindle communicating with a pipe leading from the carburettor the inlet is controlled by a valve which opens while the pistons are parting and closes when they approach one another we will suppose that the engine is just starting the pistons are in a position nearest to the crankcase as they separate they draw a charge equal in volume to double the cubical contents of one cylinder into the crankcase through its inlet valve during the return stroke the charge is squeezed and passes through a valve into a chamber which forms as it were the fourth spoke of a four-spoked wheel of which the other three spokes are the cylinders and the silencer this chamber is connected by pipes to the inlet valve of the cylinders which are mechanically opened alternately by the action of special cams on the crankshaft the cylinder which gets the contents of the compression chamber receives considerably more mixture than would flow in under natural suction and the compression is therefore greater than in the ordinary type of cycle motor and the explosion more violent hence it comes about that the cylinders which have a bore of only two inches and a two-inch stroke for the piston develop nearly two horsepower each it may at first appear rather mysterious how if the cranks are rigidly attached to the cycle frame any motion can be imparted to the driving wheel the explanation is simple enough a belt pulley is affixed to one side of the crankcase and revolves with the cylinders the silencer and compression chamber the rotation is caused by the effort of the piston to get as far as possible away from the closed end of the cylinder after an explosion where a crank is movable but the cylinder fixed the former would be turned round where the crank is immovable but the cylinder movable the travel of the piston is possible only if the cylinder moves round the crank a series of explosions following one another in rapid succession gives the moving parts of the barry engine sufficient momentum to suck in charges compress them and eject the burnt gases the plan is ingenious and as the machine into which this type of engine is built weighs altogether only about seventy pounds the sport of motorcycling is open to those people whose age or want of strength would preclude them from the use of the heavy mounts which are still to be seen about the roads 
in the future we may expect to find motorcycles approach very closely to a half hundredweight standard without sacrificing the rigidity needful for fast locomotion over second-class roads for pacemaking on racing tracks motorcycles ranging up to 24 horsepower have been used but these are essentially freak machines of no practical value for ordinary purposes even three to four horsepower cycles have set up wonderful records exceeding fifty miles in the hour a speed equal to that of a good express train in comparison with the feats of motor cars their achievements may not appear very startling but when we consider the small size and weight and the simplicity of the mechanisms which propel cycle and rider at nearly a mile a minute the result seems marvellous enough during the last few years the tricycle has again come into favour but with the arrangement of its wheels altered two steering wheels being placed in front and a single driving wheel behind the main advantage of this inversion is that it permits the fixing of a seat in front of the driver in which a passenger can be comfortably accommodated the modern tricar with its high-powered double-cylindered engines its change-speed gears its friction clutch for bringing the engines gradually into action its forced water circulation for cooling the cylinders and its spring-hung frame is in reality more a car than a cycle and escapes from the former category only on account of the number of its wheels to the tourist or to the person who does not find pleasure in solitary riding the tricar offers many advantages and though decidedly more expensive to keep up than a motor bicycle entails only very modest bills in comparison with those which affect many owners of cars the development of the motorcycle has been hastened and fostered by frequent speed and reliability contests in which the nimble little motor has acquitted itself wonderfully a hill a mile long with very steep gradients has been ascended in considerably less than two minutes by a three and a quarter horsepower motor we read of motorcycles travelling from land's end to john o'groats from calcutta to bombay from sydney to melbourne from paris to rome all in phenomenal times considering the physical difficulties of the various routes such tests prove the endurance of the motorcycle and pave the way to its use in more profitable employments volunteer cycling corps often include a motor or two which in active service would be most valuable for scouting purposes especially if powerful enough to tow a light machine gun commercial travellers fitting a box to the front of a tricar are able to scour the country quickly and inexpensively in quest of orders for the firms they represent 
the police find the motor helpful for patrolling the roads on the continent and especially in germany town and country postmen collect and deliver parcels and letters with the aid of the petrol-driven tricycle and thereby save much time while improving the service before long hark tis the twanging horn will once again herald the postman's approach in a thousand rural districts but the horn will not hang from the belt of a horseman such as the poet cowper describes but will be secured to the handlebars of a neat tricar thus history repeats itself that the motorcycle is still far from perfect almost goes without saying but every year sees a decided advance in its design and efficiency the messy troublesome accumulator will eventually give way to a neat little dynamo which is driven by the engine and creates current for exploding the cylinder charges as the machine travels when the cycle is at rest there would then be no fear of electricity leaking away through some secret short circuit since the current ceases with the need for it but starts again when its presence is required the proper cooling of the cylinders has been made an easier matter than formerly by the introduction of fans which direct a stream of cold air onto the cylinder head professor h l calendar has shown in a series of experiments that a fan which absorbs only two to three per cent of an engine's power will increase the engine's efficiency immensely when a low gear is being used for hill climbing and the rate of motion through the air has fallen below that requisite to carry off the surplus heat of the motor if an engine maintains a good working temperature when it progresses through space two feet for every explosion it would overheat if the amount of progression were through the medium of a change gear attachment reduced to one foot a change which would be advisable on a steep hill the fan then supplies the deficiency by imitating the natural rush of air as professor calendar says the most important point for the motorcyclist is to secure the maximum of power with the minimum of weight with this object the first essentials are a variable speed gear of wide range and some efficient method of cooling to prevent overheating at low gears it is unscientific to double the weight and power of the machine in order to climb a few hills when the same result can be secured with a variable gear it is unnecessary to resort to the weight and complication of water cooling when a light fan will do all that is required thus with the aid of a fan and a gear which will give at least two speeds the motorcyclist can with an engine of two horsepower climb almost any hill even without resorting to the help of the pedals his motion is therefore practically continuous to be comfortable 
he desires immunity from the vibration which quick movement over any but first-class roads sets up in the machine especially in its forward parts several successful spring forks and pneumatic devices have been invented to combat the vibration bogey and these in conjunction with a spring pillar for the saddle which can itself be made most resilient relieve the rider almost entirely of the jolting which at the end of a long day's ride is apt to induce a feeling of exhaustion the motor tricycle which once had a rather bad name for its rough treatment of the nerves is also now furnished with springs to all wheels and approximates to the car in the smoothness of its progression assuming then that we have motor vehicles so light as to be very manageable sufficiently powerful to climb severe gradients reliable comfortable to ride and economical in their consumption of fuel and oil we are able to foresee that they will modify the conditions of social existence the ordinary pedal driven cycle has made it possible for the worker to live much further from his work than formerly tomorrow with a motor bicycle his home may be fifteen miles away and those extra miles will make a great difference in rent and in the health of his family in fact it almost promises to reconcile the garden city ideal with the industrial conditions of today by enabling a man to work in the town and have his home in the country this advantage applies of course less to london than to other great cities on account of the seemingly endless miles of streets to be traversed before the country is reached in most manufacturing centres however the motoring workman could get to his cottage home by a journey of a few miles even in london moreover this disadvantage will be overcome to a large extent in the future for it is as certain as anything of the kind can be that we must ultimately have special highways smooth dustless reserved for motor traffic leading out of london in the principal directions my own conviction is that motorcycling the simplest the quickest the cheapest independent locomotion that has ever been known is destined to enjoy enormous development i believe that within a few years the motor bicycle and tricycle will be sold by hundreds of thousands and that many of the social and industrial conditions of our time will be greatly and beneficially affected by them End of section eleven